Hello and welcome, Bengals fans. How are we doing today? This is your host of the Sports Ethos Cincinnati Bengals podcast. My name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And you can find this Sports Ethos page at at Ethos Bengals. Like I said, I am part of the Sports Ethos Network, which is rapidly growing. And we are always looking for someone to come uh, cover a team. And like always, thank you for uh, listening. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your major uh, sports information like I know this is. Uh, today, going to be uh, reviewing the, uh, the unfortunate loss of the Browns. And by that, I mean the bludgeoning that the Bengals received at the hands of the Sean Watson and company yet again. And then I'm also going to preview a little bit of the uh, Ravens game coming up. Uh, You know, it's only week two, and I don't really like want to use stats based on last season too much. So today's episode probably won't be the most in-depth or the longest. But then as the season gets going on and I can talk about more things going on all around the league and we'll, uh, we'll make do. So, so buckle up because, uh, talking about this Browns game, it's going to make you a little depressed because watching it was literally, it might have been, uh, the worst game I've ever watched as a Bengals fan. Like it was just the, the conditions. I'll start there. The weather was so bad. Uh, even Zach Taylor himself said that it was the worst rain game he had ever seen. So that right there says something. Uh, another main part, Joe Burrow did not look good. Easily the worst game of his career. And I mean, it, it, unfortunate to come against a div- divisional opponent, but at least it did happen week one and we can kind of get that out of the way now, hopefully, like he did last year. He started off a little slow. Let's get back into the the weather conditions, because it was really sloppy. And I think one reason why the Browns were able to win so easily is because they adapted better. They, they switched what they wanted to do. Cincinnati came out with all these stupid, dinky, dunky, little get-the-ball-out-of-Joe's-hands-super-fast-and-try-to-make-plays-after-the-catch, which probably isn't the smartest thing to do when with wet conditions like I'm not saying we need to air it out but what they should have done is run the ball Chris Evans got the first carry of the season like I should have put money on that I don't know what the odds could have been but and even it was like a, a four or five yard run but I don't think it came until third down basically seeding the drive and even when Joe Mixon got opportunities early on he was running hard like you could tell that he wanted the ball but one thing I think that Zach does not do well is adjust or acclimate to the conditions he I think it seems like the Bengals have a scripted first set of like 20 plays and Zach will not get away from it drives me crazy like Mixon's a decent back, and in the rain like that, you have to just run the ball. 
Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford on the other side were just churning big play after big play. It's like five-yard run, five-yard run, six-yard run. And the Bengals even got a, a fumble early on in the game. Jermaine Pratt doing Jermaine Pratt things. If someone gets stood up, that man is going to go for that football, and he's going to get it. He's going to rip it out of your hands. It, it, it's going to happen. But they, the Bengals could still not capitalize. They, let's let's take a look at their um, their play-by-play here, because I want to count how many punts in the first half. Let's see. Six plays, punt. Three plays, punt. And then that's when they got the fumble, and then the Bengals punted it back. And then the Browns scored a field goal. And then the Bengals followed up with one. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven punts between the two before... Cleveland was able to finally score before half, and I think that was the drive where Elijah Moore had that. It was a jet sweep. It was so it was bottled up so well, and then he just he ran the entire opposite way, and Hendrickson got caught slipping and slipped because it was so wet and did not play good contain on the backside. That kept that alive, and then. Watson, some you know, does a stupid little thing. So it's, I mean, even going down ten nothing, you still feel like, oh, they, you know, this is what the Bengals do. They're a second half team. And then you know they did come out on their first drive and get a field goal, and then they got an interception. So then you're thinking, okay, we're Bengals are back, baby. And then since he misses a field goal, so then it uh, kind of takes the wind out of the sails for a little bit, and you're thinking, uh, what's uh, what's going on here today? Oh, and then, you know, this is where the Bengals have it on, like, the Browns' 38-yard line, and it's 4th and 3, and they decide to punt it. And then on the next side the series, the game's basically already over. They're inside their own territory. They decide to go in on 4th and long and don't get it. It's like, what was up with the play calling? All last season, I uh, I harped on Zach pretty hard for his uh, pretty lackluster play calling, and I don't want it to start out like this again. Like, last year it was automatic run on first and second down. Now is it going to be automatic pass first and second down, and then just hopefully it's a little bit needed for a run? I don't know. That's, uh... Let's move on. And even, like, T. Higgins, goose egg. I know he killed me in a couple fantasy leagues. Joe Burrow, 14 of 31 for 82 yards. Like, ugh. And the Bengals, they didn't even come a turnover. They won the turnover battle and still lost 24 to 3. Clearly something wasn't right with Joe. And... It just kind of sucks that this is how they always start out. Let's uh, take a look at some stats I always like to look at when I, when I break down these games. Uh, time of possession, easily in the Browns' favor, about 36 minutes to 24. That comes with adjusting to the weather and and well and having one of the best pure rushers in the league and just you know, knowing what you're good at. Like, they had 200, over 200 rushing yards. 40 attempts. They were averaging more than 5 yards a carry, like I was saying. Uh, the penalties, pretty even. Bengals had 4 for 20 yards, and the Browns had 5 for 43. 
you know, there wasn't really, I didn't, I don't recall many plays being questionable. They were, they were hitting Burrow pretty late at some parts. Uh, his jersey was not a good color by the end of the day. It's just that Jim Schwartz defense is so unpredictable. He's always disguising these coverages and then out of nowhere that he's got a free rusher. He's getting Miles Garrett one-on-one. That's not a matchup the Bengals want. That's not a matchup anyone wants. Luckily, Cincinnati doesn't have to play a pass rush like that every week because that is their kryptonite. Like, if Joe doesn't have time to to analyze or get his footing, it's, it's a rough day for the Bengals because clearly Zach doesn't want to rely on the running game now. Now that, that now that they aren't paying Mixon an absurd amount of money, he's like, eh, I guess we don't have to use him. We just gave Burrow all his money, so now we got to make him throw every play, even though it's a freaking tsunami outside. Oh, what an idiot. That was so stupid. It makes me so mad. Why would you not adjust to running the ball more? You know, you have this second-round tight end that everyone loves around there, Drew Sample. Get him out there and let him do his blocking. God, what a bad game. Third down is also something I like to look at, and, I mean, both teams were pretty pretty bad at this. Browns were 4 for 14, but the Bengals were 2 for 15 on third down. Like, how do you expect to move the ball or, like, do anything like that? And, again, I think that goes back to the play calling because even when it's over, when it's third and over, like, seven, he just doesn't he just gives up and does a, a dinky little screen pass or something like you know the Vikings and these other teams with these top-notch receivers they actually design plays to get them open not relying on what they do after the catch I wish Zach would realize that because if he could just find a way to get T or Jamar open like this it wouldn't be even a contest I don't know what he's doing at practice or what he does all week I would like to know and I and I know I'm being hard, but I was hard on him last year. I've always been hard on him. It's just like he knows what he has, but he doesn't know how to use it. Yeah, let's you know there's really not much to talk about on offense. Honestly, it was a bad game all around for everyone. So let's talk about the defense a little bit because at least they played well for the most part. Jermaine Pratt, like I said earlier, he's fresh off that extension. He played like it. He had that forced fumble. He had a sack. He led the team in solo tackles, two of them being for loss. Like that man, he's he's changed my my point of view a lot. Like I I wasn't quite sure how I felt about him, but man, he just balls out every play. Uh, Hendrickson had a sack as well as B.J. Hill. Even the rookie D.J. Turner played well. Uh, Dax played a lot of snaps and. Uh, earned himself an interception, which was huge, and that's when they, you know, brought him right back in the game. It gave another feeling of, here we go, here come the Bengals. But, no. And so, you know, it was it was nice to see them doing what they do, seeing what Lou, he's always got something concocted. I just, uh, you know, down 10 nothing at half, that's all you can ask for. 13 the three going in the fourth, like, offense had so many opportunities. And then uh, one more person I want to kind of talk about just a little bit. 
was uh, the punter, rookie Brad Robbins from Michigan, who they I think that was a six-round pick, one that they traded up for, or is in some trade. I don't know. He uh, punted it ten times. That was a lot. Uh, he only averaged 41 yards as well. Uh, two of them landed inside the 20. And he had a long of 54. So it's not like uh, it wasn't the best results you wanted out of the young man. But granted, it was in pouring rain. Some of them he did kind of mishandle. One he barely got off right in time, which was a, a better play on his part. But you know, the Cleveland punter, he averaged 47 yards, and he had three going inside the 20, but just off a of seven, so definitely something to work on for the young kid, but and speaking of young kid, Charlie Jones, punt returner, didn't really do too much for me. There was one where he tried to beat everyone around the edge, and it's like, sorry, Charlie, this is not the Big Ten, or you're probably one of the faster guys on the field. Like, you gotta run straight. So... Yeah, this Browns game, not not very good. Uh, I guess one way you can look at it is week one, get it out of your system. But, yeah, they definitely have to be better uh, next week when the Bengals host the Ravens at Paycor Stadium. Speaking of uh, Ravens-Bengals, I'm uh, going to start my little preview of that now. So, so the Ravens are coming into town... They have played the Bengals well uh, the past couple of years when the secondary hasn't been hampered with injuries, which uh, it is. So this one could be an interesting match. I think it will be a good bounce-back game for the Cincinnati. Uh, the Ravens are out are without, let's see, how many starters are they injured right now? Okay, so it's looking like they're going to be without two starting offensive linemen in their uh, their tackle, Ronnie Stanley, and their center, Tyler Linderbaum, which, that's huge. Uh, those are two pretty good players. Uh, so if that, if that helps Trey get to the quarterback, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, it's going to be big for the defense. And hopefully be a winning, uh, winning recipe because... Uh, Last week, when the Ravens played the Texans, when Lamar had a clean pocket, he was perfect. Like, as in, like, he made every throw. But when he was pressured, he was quite the opposite. So this weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals need to get that pass rush going. And maybe even bring an extra blitzer, because I'm not totally sold on this offense for, for Baltimore yet. Uh, anyway, back to the injuries. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, their starting cornerback, is also out, as well as... Uh, their safety, Marcus Williams. So, that is uh, uh, two big blows. And then whenever, like I said earlier, whenever their secondary is hurt, Burrow just slices and dices them. Although I think the, they might have a new uh, defensive coordinator over there in Baltimore. And then uh, I didn't even mention J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles again, unfortunately. Like... You know, I'm a Bang or I'm a Buckeye fan. Like I, I wanted him to do well, but poor guy just cannot stay on the field. So expect a heavy dose of uh, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and probably even Old Man Melon Gordon, which does not scare me too much. Does it scare you? Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. But yeah, pressure on Lamar. Huge. Uh, Mark Andrews looks like he's going to uh, be be back, which, uh, you know, he's probably the Ravens' top pass catcher. I wonder who's going to have the task of stopping him. Maybe they put Dax on Mark? I don't know. That'll be a fun little thing to, to pay attention to. Uh, Ravens also have a couple other new pass catchers in Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. And Zay Flowers, he's he's a little jitterbug out there. He's he's a small guy, but man, he's when he I think he led the league in forced missed tackles last week. I think he had like five, and he had I think ten of Lamar's like twenty-two targets. So curious also to see who the Bengals match up him with. Is it going to be Cheeto a little bit? I know they're keeping him on the snap count. Maybe Cam Taylor-Brett. Give uh, DJ Turner a couple chances on him. So yeah, whoever they cover uh, Andrews and, and Flowers with. Two things to watch for. On offense, I'd really like to see them kind of try to establish the run, though. I know Burrow's the best player on the field. Him and Chase are, at least I should say. But I don't want to see where we're just automatically just gunning it every time. Like, I don't think they took a snap under center unless it was a kneel down last week. That's so... And you run in play action for the shotgun every time. Like, that's why Miles Garrett was able just to tee off because they weren't running the ball. So he was just going straight for the quarterback. Kim and Zadaria Smith last week just had their way. And Baltimore definitely does not have the edge rushers or just the rush in general compared to the Browns. So hopefully since he can get a little bit of more push and just, just like let them let them be on the front foot, not on the back. Like I don't know, it's gonna be an interesting game because even against Tyler Huntley last year in the playoffs, the Bengals kinda they barely beat him. People say if Lamar what is in that game, the Bengals would not have made it to the AFC Championship game again. I can't really argue with them because I think that was like a 17, 2017 or something like that. Huntley was not bad. Lamar would have been better. But yeah, we just can't start slow. Cincinnati always starts slow. And if we have to play from behind, that's going to let them just tee off on, on Joey and... Oh, we gotta have T let T have a big game. Maybe first plays a big deep ball to, to T Higgins. I don't know. That's what I'm gonna say it is. And hopefully Zach doesn't stick to a script of screen pass, screen pass, run up the middle. So yeah, I'm excited to watch. And guys, that's gonna do it today. Uh, these next episodes will be more in depth. I promise. Once I have a little bit more stand, ground to stand on. Uh, but like always, I thank you for listening. You can find me on X at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4 or Ethos Bangles. Have a good day. <laughs>